What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Welcome to Pretty Lies and Alibis. Let's seek the truth and travel the long road to justice together. you know alibiers welcome to another episode of pretty lies and alibis i'm Gigi. it's the first day of spring not that you would know it in greenville where it's 32 flipping degrees so whoever in canada forgot to shut the front door do us all a favor here in the south shut it we ain't built for this kind of weather i'm cold y'all better be glad i did not break out my parka because i was close to all right real quick gotta give a big thank you to dragon rudy lisa and rebecca for your donations appreciate you guys Music fact of the day, the Go-Go's were the first all-female band to play their own instruments, write their own songs, and reach number one on the charts. Love the Go-Go's. Okay, so funny little cat story. I got them bells because a lot of you told me, get them little collars with bells, and they'll maybe alert the little creatures that they're coming, and they won't bring them inside to you. And it's broken the cats, y'all. They can't figure out where the bell is. And so they will just like look around and then the bell rings and they look like they're crazy. And then I also found out it's not very fun when they're running up and down the hall at 4 a.m. with the bells ringing. It's like jingle bells all up and down the hall, y'all. Other news, I have a website up and running, prettyliesandalibis.org, at least for the moment. I'm hoping to change that to .com. I have bought a .com, but it's lost in the ethers, and I'm trying to find it. If you see it, tell it to come home. All right, so we are getting into the day that Charles Vallow is murdered in depth, and it's always such a sad thing to talk about. You know, on Dateline, his brother Bobby said Charles would have done anything to make Lori happy, and I think we've seen that. You know, you see where Charles offered to put her in a house. I mean, I'm talking a very nice house that he was paying for that he was murdered in and was giving her money to live on and did that because he loved her and wanted JJ to be taken care of. So Kay said that Charles loved corny jokes and she said she would laugh and roll her eyes at him often. He was referred to as the Disneyland dad and it should not be forgotten that Charles also has two grown sons that he left behind that day that he was murdered by these monsters that will have to go through their life without their dad. And, and that's just um, an, two more living victims of this entire mess. You think about it, they're not only dealing with the loss of Charles, but also with JJ. It's a double punch for this family in this sad story. So Timeline-wise, when Charles is murdered, all right, I have a timeline set up here. Between 7.35 and 7.49 is the time frame we think Charles was murdered because... 735 is the last time that he has contact with Adam and goes in the house. And that's where we left off on the last episode. So I think it was super quick after he got there. The word of the day, boys and girls, is ambush. I really do think that it was super quick when he got there. He had no clue. Whether or not he was lured in, I will always wonder because one of the last things that he tells Adam is, Al is here. They're up to something. So you never know. They could have said, hey, JJ's taking a few minutes. He wants his daddy. You could just imagine. At any rate, I think the time gap there is getting some stories straight between the three of them because we know that Tylee and Alex and Lori, all three, go to the police station later in the day or in the morning and give interviews. And there are huge discrepancies between all three of their stories. I'm going to break those discrepancies down in the next episode. At 7.49 a.m., 
Lori, JJ, and Tylee leave the house with Charles's phone and a rental car. And at the same time, Lori texts Melanie. So at 7.52, Alex calls Lori. Here's another discrepancy. Alex is asked two to three times in police interviews if he called Lori after the shooting, and he said no. That call lasted 49 seconds. So from 7.52 to 8.06 in the morning, Lori and Melanie exchange four texts, which are deleted and not recovered. And at 7.54 a.m., you can see Lori, JJ, and Tylee come through a Burger King drive-thru to get JJ breakfast before they take him to school. JJ's there in the front seat, Tylee in the back. So at 8.06, guess what? Alex calls Lori a second time. That call lasts for 56 seconds. At 8.08, Lori arrives at a Walgreens, but that one doesn't open until 9. So at 8.17, she is at a second Walgreens. And while she's inside, she texts a friend named Audrey. That text is deleted and not recovered. But who's Audrey, you're wondering? Let's jump ahead to the timeline in October where Lori texts Audrey that she's in Hawaii and she says she's not sure how long we will be here until our work is done. Also, Audrey is in Independence, Missouri with Lori in October later this year and had promised to take Lori to all the amazing sites. I believe they're just some sites that hold special meaning to the LDS faith. Should be mentioned, she got a 100 on the trust list Chad did for Lori. Not many did. And Audrey testified twice at the grand jury before the murder charges for the kids and Tammy. Clearly, she knows stuff, and she's an herbologist, as far as I can tell. So at 819... She purchases the two pair of sandals and pays in cash. And she was seen actually going into the store with sandals or flip-flops on. Now, when they go back to the scene, the shoes that Lori's wearing, her toes are curled over. It's like she got on a pair of kids' shoes. So my theory is, did she possibly get some biological evidence on the shoes? Because why would you go to a Walgreens, go to two Walgreens at that to get flip-flops? I heard somebody say maybe they were for JJ, but I'm going to tell you right now, schools don't allow kids to have flip-flops, especially in schools like the one JJ was attending. They run, they trip, they get hurt if there's an emergency and they have to evacuate the school quickly. The school I worked at, flip-flops were a no-no. They did not let them wear them. I think that she clearly had something on her shoes, or at least that's just kind of my theory. So at 828, Zulema texts Lori. She's on her way to the temple and she will be in the celestial room. The 911 call, there was a couple of times it was a different time, but in the document dump, it says at 8.32 a.m., Alex calls 911. I have on here on our thing 8.36, but I went back and corrected, read through those documents again, and it says 8.32. He said the shooting happened a couple of minutes ago, but we know at this point Charles was either dead or dying for over 40 minutes before that call. He is calm as a cucumber on that call, y'all. No emotion. So Alex says, I shot him in self-defense. And then the call switches over to the medic. And the medic asks if he's willing to go see if Charles is breathing. And Alex is like, sure. I mean, happy sure. Like not even a, oh, sure. Gosh, you know, I'm so upset. I just shot my brother-in-law 14 years who I say I had a good relationship with. Alex says he's not breathing. And the medic asks if he's willing to perform CPR. Was Alex a, no, I don't know how to do that. Now, here's where the karma bus rolls up right in front of the residence where he lay dying in his own mess in December of 2019 because the stepson who did not know he was a stepson to Alex is asked if he will do CPR. He's like, nope. So I always thought that was just a little, little bit of karma rearing its head because karma keeps those receipts, y'all. But the medic says they'll walk him through it. And so what does Alex do? He fakes doing CPR on Charles. Police come on the call, ask where the gun is. He says it's in his room and it's a 45 caliber gun. Alex says Charles was shot at 820, which according to our timeline, we know is hogwash because around 824, Lori drops JJ off at school. Now, if they had gotten some cell phone records and looked through those, they would have seen this timeline's busted. But that didn't happen until later, much later. 
At 8.36 a.m., police and first responders arrive. And to further prove Alex didn't do CPR when the medics tried doing CPR, there was blood coming out of the, the gunshot wounds. That wouldn't have happened if Alex had been doing the CPR. Also, no blood on his clothes or anything like that. And I'm going to tell you, I've done CPR. By the time help arrives to give you a break, you are covered in sweat. It is a very physical thing. And he wasn't even breathing hard when they got there. At 843, Alex is questioned outside the home by Chandler PD. And at 848, Lori and Tylee returned to the residence in the red rental car that Charles had rented while he was there. And then at 858, an officer talks to Lori and Tylee. Now, Alex can be seen on body cam rubbing his little boo-boo with a paper towel. I'm going to tell you, he did that to keep it bleeding because I think Lori hit him with the bat. And, I mean, come on. Here's the thing. Charles played college and semi-pro baseball. If he had hit Alex with that bat, Alex would have met his maker. And I don't I don't think it's the good maker either. I think he would have went, like, from standing up to being really hot, if you believe in that kind of stuff. So on the body cam on the inside of the house, one officer says that, that there is a male victim, but the gun is in the bedroom next to a case. As one cop walks past, other cops near Charles are counting one, two, three, four shots. Another officer in the living room says, quote, he shot the F out of him, end quote. In the report, it says Charles was shot two times in the chest with shell casings to the immediate right of the body. So now we're going to go to the outside of the house interview. The cop's like, how does it get to this? Alex says he was in a rage. So the cop wanted to know what happened in the last 20 minutes. And Alex said he came at me with a bat. Alex also says Charles came 20 minutes ago to pick up JJ. Now this is at 8.43 a.m. According to the timestamp on the body cam footage, which all that's on my, um, all of that is on my YouTube and my website, prettyliesandalibis.org, by the way, up and running. I'll be putting the links to the photos there from now on. And I do have a music page, so I'm still updating it. Um, but clearly that doesn't work. This guy's got diabetes because 8.43 a.m. when this interview's taking place, 20 minutes back, Lori's dropping JJ off at school. So... Alex says Lori left. Now, remember this, because I have discrepancies picked out, visualized, and we're going to go through those probably on the next episode. But he said Lori left and Charles got into it with me. The cop says, what do you mean? Alex says he was accusing me. And then he stops and starts pacing around because, you know, he probably don't know what to say. He's having to think up of what allegedly Charles was accusing me of, which was nothing. And I just want to mention, I think 99.9% .9 of this is hogwash. I think it was an ambush. He, he knew, he knew nothing. He knew nothing about what was about to happen. Poor man. But he says, I don't know. He was just yelling at me and he had broke, he said he had broken up a tussle with Charles and Lori earlier. And Charles said not to interfere with him anymore and came at him with the bat. The cops like confused. So he came in the house with the bat. Alex says, no, there was a scuffle earlier with him, my sister, and my niece, and my niece got involved. The cop's even more confused and asked, was this earlier in the week? And Alex says, no, just this morning before they left. So the cop asks, who lives here? And Alex says, his sister, his niece, and nephew. He said he was just visiting there for the night. The cop asks, does Charles live here? And Alex says, no, he lives in Houston. So the cop asks if Lori and Charles had a domestic. And Alex says, just this morning they left and he just came at me. And the cop says, they left, meaning who? Alex says, my sister took my niece and nephew to create some space with him. And then he came at me. And the cop says, so just you and your brother-in-law. And Alex says, yeah, discrepancy, by the way. Spoiler alert. The cop asks Alex, just, just go through it from the beginning, dude. Did you say like, hey, don't touch my sister? And Alex was like, yeah, and he picked up a bat. And the cop's like, well, where was the bat? And Alex says, in the living room. So the cop says, what, what was all this about? What was this over? Alex says Charles got physical with his sister, and Tylee came out with a bat. Then Charles took the bat away from Tylee. The cop said, but I thought you said your niece left. Alex said, she did. This was before. He was getting too close to my sister, and, and Tylee came out to defend her. Tally poked at him and he took it away. 
I told them they needed to separate and my sister leaves with my niece. Discrepancy, by the way. Spoiler alert, Lori says she was in the house in the kitchen when Charles was shot. The cop asks, how long ago did they leave? Alex says, 20 minutes ago. And the cop says, oh, so not too terribly long ago. And Alex says, no. So Alex says, he's coming at me. He still has the bat. And I'm like, what are you doing? The cop asks, where are you both at? And Alex says, the living room. He said, then I turn around and he hit me in the back of the head with the bat. So I go to my room and get my gun. The cop says, you go get your gun and bring it with you. And Alex says, yes. The cop asks if Alex always carries a gun on his person. And he says, yes, he is a CWP. Now, remember, he was convicted of the felonies with the tasing on Joe Ryan, but all that was cleared and he was legally allowed to carry because he had completed all the terms of his probation and things like that. All right. So at this point, Lori and Tylee return back to the scene and the cop tells them to go stay in front of the rental car that Charles came in that they were driving. Alex goes on to say, I told him to put the bat down and he came at me again. And the cop says, where are you at? Did you stay in your bedroom? And Alex says, no. And the cop says, well, why didn't you just stay in your bedroom and close the door? Is that something you didn't think about? And Alex says, no, it didn't even occur to me. I went back to the living room and I was like, what's your problem? So the cop says, with your gun? And Alex says, yeah, I told him I want you to put that bat down. And he wouldn't do it. And he came at me after already hitting me in the head, and I shot him to stop him. The cop asked, what happened? And Alex says, that was it. The cop says, after you shot him, you put the gun back in your room. And Alex says, yes. Then I cleaned up my head. His little boo-boo. The cop asked if Charles was still in the living room. Alex says, yes. I needed a minute to compose myself, which is slang for 40 minutes to think up lies and call Lori a few times to get our story straight. So more medics arrive and the cop yells for them not to go in there. It's a crime scene and there's no life. So there's a neighbor standing at the end of her driveway being all nosy and ends up over there with Lori and Tylee. It was kind of awkward. She was just standing there. It's one of those people that like take their trash out, you know, when something's going down with a neighbor. So the cop asks Lori if the car she is near is Charles's rental and Lori says yes. So the cop asks Alex if he slept over at her house last night. And he said yes, and he said he woke up around 6.30 or so. Alex says they were going to do something fun today, which is interesting because they all knew that Charles was coming to get JJ to go to school, and there's a whole lot of stories about why Alex stayed, and we'll get into those. But if we look at these pictures here, the cop goes over to Lori and Tylee. And if you look at this picture, Lori is as happy as she can be, and poor Tylee is just red-faced. You can see in that bottom picture, her head is down. She is self-soothing, arms crossed. And then that one arm up on her shoulder, I've heard, is almost like giving yourself a hug to calm yourself down. What they put her, her in this position to not only possibly witness it and lie about it, only to murder her, dismember her, and burn her. Less than two months later... Y'all, you ask me, do I think Lori Vallow is crazy? I think there's something there, but I also think she knew everything that happened because you don't sit here and lie when you have shot Iplos, right? You say, that's Iplos, that wasn't Charles. And there's elaborate lies throughout all of this until her little fanny's arrested in February in Hawaii. So the cop mentions, you haven't lived here long? And Lori's like, no, just three weeks. And the cop's like, oh, geez. And Lori does this thing where she's like, oh, yeah, hi, neighbor, sorry. And the cop asks if Lori is working, and she's like, no, because she, she's a grifter, like her prophet boyfriend. It's weird because at this point, Lori looks at Tylee and says, what? Literally, she says, what? So the cop turns to Tylee and asks how old she is, and she says she's 16, and he asks for her driver's license, but Tylee explains it's inside the house. He mentions her being a new driver and how she likes that. And she says, well, I'm almost 17. And she mentions that she drove from Texas to Arizona by herself. So she's used to it. I'm not Lori Vallow, but I would never let my kid drive that far alone at 16. Just think of the million things that can go wrong. So the cop asked Tylee for like height and weight, mentions she's a blonde and says, you have blue eyes. That's not up for debate. He was being very gentle with her. So the police take Alex 
in the car. It was odd. Very normal conversation. Now, I know that the deputy doesn't get into the details of the shooting, and that's not usually what you want to do. Wait till they get to the station. But they talk about random things like how hard are you in that Kevlar vest in the, in, in the Arizona heat and things like that. So the police station interview. It's important to note, Alex cannot remember what Lori and Charles were arguing about. How can you not shoot and kill somebody and not hear the argument that's going on? But this interview started around 942, which would have been about two hours approximately after the murders. And a lot of times when answering questions about that morning, Alex kept looking in the distance to his left. I call that looking for answers. When you can't think of something to say, you kind of stare off into the distance like the answer is going to pop out over there. So Alex comes in with a cop and two bottles of water and he asks him to put his sunglasses on the table and the officer starts taking photos of his head. Look at that little baby boo boo. It's so pitiful. <laughs> Y'all, I'm sorry. I'm, you imagine if Charles Vallow, Charles Vallow was not a pipsqueak. All right. He was in some really good health. And if he had got a hold of Alex, if Alex didn't meet his maker, he would have been drinking through a straw the rest of his life. So the officer asks how his head feels, and Alex says, well, it's sore. And the officer asks if he has a headache, and he says, a little bit. He asks if he's nauseous, and he says, a little bit. And the officer says, do you want me to call a paramedic to check you out? And Alex says, no, I think it's more adrenaline than anything. So the officer asks Alex if he's had any medical issues. Alex jokes, he's extremely overweight, and then he laughs, ha, ha, ha. And then the officer asks about high blood pressure, and he said it was a little high at his last physical but nothing major. So Detective Moffitt comes in. And he confirms Alex's current address. He asks Alex if he works, and Alex says he's off this week, but he drives a truck. I don't think Alex went back to work after the shooting at all because they were on their mission. But Detective Moffitt says he has very little information on what happened, and he asks his sister's name. Is it Lauren or Lori? And he's a Lori. So he wants to get the facts because he says some of what Lori told them doesn't match up with what Alex told the guy on the scene. So why was this not put under more of a microscope? I don't understand. So he says, walk me through what happened today. And Alex said he stayed the night at his sister's and they were planning to do something kind of a fun day. They hadn't really decided he was going to take her to the range or take JJ to some water park, a movie or something. Here's the thing. They all knew J.J. was, was going to be picked up by Charles that day to go to school. But yet they're all going to do something fun. He said, this morning Charles showed up and I don't know what started it. He was following her and yelling. And then I got between them. Tylee came out with her bat. I had separated them for a minute and my sister walks around me to go to the living room. Charles was following Lori yelling and Tylee told him to get back. She took her bat and shoved him, and he took the bat away. I said, what are you doing? And I got between them. Then he hit me, and I just went down. Now, remember this discrepancy. When I got up, he was yelling still. So I went into the bedroom where I was staying, and I told him to put the gun down, and he said, oh, the bat down. What a Freudian slip, right? Because you could almost imagine that maybe he's thinking in his mind, Charles says, put the gun down. And Alex totally said, I went into the bedroom where I was staying and told him to put the gun down. And then he corrects himself to bat. He came at me and was saying, what are you going to do? Come at me with the bat. I said, put it down. And he wouldn't and came at me. So the investigator asked when the argument first started between Lori and Charles, where in the house were they? Alex says, I don't know. I was in my bedroom. So Detective Moffitt said, then you heard the argument, and Alex says, when they came right towards me. The investigator says they were coming down the hallway towards the bedroom, and Alex says, yes. The investigator says, okay, you hear the argument, you step out. What's the first thing you see? Alex says, Charles is chasing after Lori and yelling. Although, if you see the hallway of these houses, um, you see, the, the hallway that you see here in, in the photo on the right with the black square, this is not the hallway where the bedrooms are. It's on the opposite side, but it's pretty much the same size hallway. I don't think it would have taken so long for them to get into that hallway if that's what, you know, if, if that, we know all this is hogwash, all this is all lies. 
But he says, Charles is coming towards Lori. And Alex says, I shoved him back. And I said, what are you doing? Because he's coming at her aggressively and he's a big dude. He's not going to hurt my sister. Investigators say, so you shove him. What happened right after that? Alex says he comes up to me and Alex has his hand right here in his face. And he says he doesn't look at me and continues to yell at Lori. And then again, puts his hand up and he says he's this far away. So the investigator asks, are you in the hallway? Alex says, I'm right close to the doorway of that bedroom. The investigator says, you're staying in your bedroom. And Alex says, yes. Then he backed up and my sister came around behind me and they ended up in the living room. How does that make sense? If she comes up behind him, she's still got to pass Charles because you see it's not big. It makes no sense. He says, while they were on their way to the living room, Tylee came out of her room, which was adjacent to where Alex was staying. Tylee comes out with the bat and is yelling at Charles. And then he says, actually, she was behind Charles at first, and then she cut around the front of him into the living room. And I'm wondering if he's talking about Tylee here or Lori, but the investigator says, so they went back into the living room. Alex says, yes. The investigator asks, when you shoved him, did he fall to the ground? Alex says, yes, I think so. Okay, discrepancy alert. Remember that. The investigator says he falls to the ground. He gets back up. You're blocking between him and Lori. And Alex says, yes. And he's basically talking past you, yelling at Lori. And Alex says, yes. So the investigator asks, what is he saying? Alex says, I don't remember. How can you not remember what the argument was about? I, I, I mean, it, it just makes no sense to me. So the investigator says, so you're standing there between them. What happened right after that? Is that when Tylee came out with her bat? Alex says, no. Charles backed up and he yelled something and he backed up and Lori went by me and around me in the hallway. So he backed up. I cleared the doorway. So then she came around and Charles was behind her pursuing her aggressively. Tylee came out and yelled at him with the bat. Tally gets into the living room and Charles stops. Tally goes around to the front of Charles and tells him to back off. So the investigator gets out a piece of paper and says, hey, draw a diagram of where things happen. Now, what's interesting, Alex is the only person that draws a diagram. They never asked Tally or Lori to do the same. Only Alex. Why not? Because right there, that could have been some big red flags as if there weren't already some. Why don't you get all three to draw a diagram of actually where all this went down? Because they'll remember. That's very traumatic. I just feel so bad Tylee was put in this position. I, my heart breaks for her. She was, she was a young lady, 16. Alex says Lori came into his room and he stopped Charles. The investigator says, oh, so she came in your room. And Alex says, yeah. So the investigator says, so she comes in your room and that's when you pushed him? And Alex says, yep. So you push him down and he gets back up and Alex says, yep, and then backs up. Then Lori goes around me, goes around him, and they're still going at it. And then Tylee comes out. She hears what's going on. The investigator asks if the bat is metal or plastic and Alex says it's aluminum. So at this point, he's still on that diagram and he says she comes at Charles talking about Tylee and, and Alex starts laughing as if this is funny in any way she's so tiny and that's like her thing she wants to help defend her mom she comes at him meaning tylee the investigator interrupts and says they've already moved back towards the living room alex says right then charles takes the bat away from tylee and i stepped towards him and then he turned and cracked me the investigator asks is that the injury on your head and he says yes there was some shoving first, then I got spun around, and then he made a popping sound with his mouth, and then he said, popped. So I grabbed my gun and come back out. He's still yelling and threatening me. So Alex still is showing on a diagram where Charles was supposedly standing. The investigator asked, well, what happened when you came out with the gun? Alex said, put that bat down. And he's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to threaten me? Alex shrugs his shoulders during the interview and says, I said, no, I'm just going to defend myself. So it, in this sentence, he pauses so much. It's, he's just gathering what he's got to say. 
put that bat down. He goes, what are you going to do? And Alex lunges forward towards the detective and says, he came at me. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I'm always busy and my diet isn't the best, but I still want to get all the vitamins my body needs without taking a ton of pills. I take AG1 in the morning before my first cup of coffee and it makes me feel ready to take on my day. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? It's the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. With one scoop, I'm getting 75 vitamins and minerals that help my mood, energy levels, and healthier hair, skin, and nails. It's delivered to me every month, and it's been the easiest way to arm my body with everything it needs to tackle my day. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash world. That's athleticgreens.com slash world. Check it out. You know your girl's been lacking in the sleep department lately, but I found something that helps me sleep much better when I do sleep. Who knew that a better pillowcase is all you need for better sleep? Let's talk about practicing self-care while you sleep. Set yourself up with better sleep this year with Blissey's award-winning 100% Mulberry Silk Pillowcases. It gives you better hair and skin. Seriously, silk, it's what's best for your hair and skin. It reduces frizz, tangles, and prevents breakage. That's because it keeps the moisture in your hair and your skincare products and natural moisture on your skin, unlike cotton does. You can say goodbye to wrinkly, dry, flaky skin in the morning and wake up with healthier and shinier hair that won't take you an hour to fix. Blissey's pillowcase regulates temperatures, keeping you cool at night. You don't have to flip the pillow anymore, thank goodness. Unlike other silk pillowcases, these are the highest quality silk. And guess what? They're machine washable and durable. Valentine's Day is coming up, so why not give the gift a better sleep? Plus, it comes in gift-ready packaging they'll be sure to love. I love that the pillow stays cool, I don't have to flip it, and no more sleep lines. Everybody loves them. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Hey, men, they love them too. They have over 1 million raving fans, and you need to be next. Try now, risk-free, for 60 nights at blissy.com slash whattheworld. Get an additional 30% off. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash whattheworld. And use code whattheworld to get 30% off. Your skin and your hair will thank you. He's already hit me in the head, and the investigator asked, what was he doing with the bat when he came at you? Alex says it was in his right hand like this, and he gestures that Charles is holding the bat down by his leg. You know, hitting position. What's he going to do? Hit him in, like, the meat of the thigh or something? The investigator says, so he's coming at you. So how many times would you say you told him to put the bat down? And Alex says, once. So then the investigator says he's advancing towards you. Alex says, yes, really enthusiastically. Like It's almost like the investigator is answering the questions for him. The investigator asks, how many shots did you fire? Alex says, I don't know, a couple. The investigator asks, were Tylee and your sister in there? And then the whole, the whole time he's asking this specific question, Alex is shaking his head no. He says no, and I didn't see them. Discrepancy. The investigator asks, where is JJ at during all this? And Alex says he's already out in the car, I think. The investigator says, as far as you think or understand, you're not sure where they were. The investigator says he's in the corner of the living room, and Alex says they were no longer in the room. The investigator says, so they're out of the room. It's just you and him, and he's basically coming at you with a bat. And Alex says, yes. You tell him to put it down, yes. What are you going to do about it? What did you tell him? Alex says, I didn't say anything. I mean, he just said he told him once to put the bat down. So did you or did you not? He's coming at me and I'm holding the gun. And if you're going to attack somebody with a gun, and he says gun, bat, he means bat. You got to be ready for the repercussions. The investigator said, you said earlier he had the bat and asked, what are you going to do about it? Alex says, yeah. You'd already told him to put the bat down. Yeah. And then he came at you. Yeah. And you shot him. 
Yep. And you're thinking a couple of times. And Alex pauses and says there was more than one shot. So he asked what kind of gun it was. Alex says it was a 45. And the investigator asked what make and model. Alex says it's a Springfield XDM. And he asked what kind of ammo he had. And Alex says just standard. And the investigator asked if it was full metal jacket. Alex says yes. So you fire a couple of times and you don't know where they're at, meaning Lori and Tylee. And Alex says they're gone. What happened right after that? Alex says, uh, right after that. And he scratches his ear like, mm, let me think about it. He says, um, I went to the kitchen and rinsed my hands off. He touches the back of his head, by the way, where his little boo-boo is. Probably just to remind the investigator that is there because it sure ain't bleeding. He said, I had blood on the back of my head and I went into the room and put the, put the gun down, grabbed my phone, and then went back into the kitchen and called 911. The investigator asked, did you see your sister or Tylee again? Alex says, no, not until they drove up. He asked, did they come back in at any point? Alex says, no, not until they drove up outside. Discrepancy. This will come back later. The investigator asked, what's going on with Charles and Lori? Does he live there? Alex says, no, Houston. And he asks if it's for work or are they separated? And Alex says both. They split up in January. And he says, Charles has had some pretty erratic behavior since that split up. He said he came and threatened me and Tylee at my house in February or March. There was a little confrontation. Most of it was between Tylee and Charles. And the investigator asked if the police were involved in that. And Alex says no. He said, I was just supervising to make sure he didn't hurt her. Well, was he working out of state before January? And Alex says he always works out of state. He does annuities. And the investigator asked what he was in town for today. Does he come in town often? And Alex says, occasionally to see JJ. So then he's asked, is he Tylee and JJ's dad? And he says, JJ is Charles's nephew. He's his niece's kid. They adopted JJ and Tylee is not his. So stepdad, I guess. The investigator asked when the last time he was in town before this. And he said February or March. He asked if Charles was there last night and they had any issues. And Alex says, no, he wasn't. And Alex says there was no history of physical domestic violence that he knew of. Alex asks how, or he's asked how old Charles is. And Alex says maybe 60. Asks how old Lori is. Alex says 44 or 45. And he kind of laughs and says, is it sad? I don't know. Alex laughs and kind of swigs his water and says, it's hard enough to remember my own birthday after 45. Who cares? Huh? <laughs> Is there anything else I didn't ask you that you think I need to know? And Alex is like, nothing I could think of. So did Lori po say possible days that Charles was coming into town? And Alex says, yes, coming to pick up JJ. The investigator says, oh, so you guys were expecting him to show up today. And Alex says, yeah, it wasn't a surprise. His behavior was a surprise. So the investigator says, let me walk you through it from my understanding. You were in your room. Had you gotten up or been out of your room? And Alex says, yeah, to brush my teeth. The investigator says, so you're in the room. And Alex says, I was on the phone and heard them coming down the hall real quick. Now that's new. He was on the phone. Did they get his records to see if he was on the phone? No. He said he hadn't seen Charles that morning, but heard them arguing. And you saw him at your doorway. And Alex says, at my doorway. So the investigator says, Lori comes into your room. You're in your room? Yes. You get in the doorway, basically get between them. Yes. You push Charles back. He probably fell to the ground or did fall to the ground. Now, discrepancy, Alex says he stumbled back. Remember, at first, he fell to the ground and then backs up. He gets back up talking past you but yelling at Lori still, but you don't remember what he was yelling about? And Alex says, no, I don't remember. At some point, Charles backs up, Lori comes out, and they both go around you to get to the living room. Then Tylee comes out with the bat? Yes. So Tylee pokes him in the back, and Alex says the chest. Do you know how many times? And Alex says just one time, and he gestures to his upper chest area. Charles takes the bat away. You come towards him. What happened after that? Alex says he shoved me and spun me around and cracked me in the back of the head. The investigator asked, did you fall to the ground? And Alex said, no, my head just bounced. Discrepancy alert, y'all. 
So you get back to your room, get the gun, come back to the living room. And now Tylee and Lori are gone. He says, yes, it's just me and Charles in the living room. The investigator says, what's Charles doing again? Alex says he's got the bat. Now, Alex stumbles his way through this exchange, by the way. He said, I put the bat. I said, put the bat down. And he says, what are you going to do? The investigator asks, how are you holding the gun at this point? And Alec motions straight out, just arms fully extended. And then he comes at me. Investigator says, you fire a couple of times. Yep, I'm pretty sure it was two. Where were you aiming on his body? And Alec says, just in the center. And the investigator says, you're sure two shots center mass? Yep. The investigator says he falls to the ground. You don't see Lori or Tylee anymore. Alex says that's correct. You go to the kitchen, grab a rag for your head. You wash your hands, go back to your room, put the gun up and call 911. Alex says, then they walked me through and tried to do CPR. You lie. Liar. You knew CPR. Anything else you can think of? Alex says, that's all there is. So the investigator said he's going to get a tech to come take photos of his head. Takes a while. He sips his water and eventually lays his head on the table, sits up, lays his head on the table. So the tech comes in and takes a bunch of pictures and there is a guy with her. He's making small talk with Alex, asking if it's the house that Charles was murdered in was his. And Alex says, no, I live in Santan Valley. So they talk about how nice of a neighborhood it is. And Alex says it's like a maze. And they just talk about the area in general that Alex lives at. Very normal conversation, laughing at times. They do a buckle swab for DNA and she leaves. And it's a few minutes before Detective Moffat comes back in and thanks him for his patience and says, Alex says, it's fun staring at nothing. Ha ha. Gosh, man. The investigator said, so your sister said she just moved back and she had been to Houston. He says, yes. Lori said something about your older brother texting Charles. Do you know anything about that? And Alex shakes his head. No. So the investigator said, when the argument came your way, you were on the phone? And Alex says, no. Well, he just told them, yes, earlier. The investigator says, I thought you were on the phone. And then they came your way. And then you're not sure where Lori and Tylee were. Where was your gun? And he said it was in a big bag in a case at the foot of the bed in an orange bag. So, okay. Let's just digest this. So while Charles is advancing on Alex and Alex is afraid for his life, he goes, unzips his bag, gets his gun case out, pops out the gun, loads the gun. And you have time for all that. How did they let this dude walk out of here that day? I don't get it. So then he's asked, is there a reason you spent the night there last night? And Alex says, no, not really. We were going to hang out there today. Now, he said earlier they were going to do something fun, go to a water park, a movie or something with J.J., Summer said she asked Alex to stay because she was afraid for Lori. So the investigator says, did your sister ever express concerns for her safety with Charles coming there? And Alex says, no, but watching him interact with her, I was. Now, when we do Tylee and Lori's police station interview, Lori says she asked Alex to stay because she was scared, she was scared of Charles and what he may do and because she trusted Alex. I mean, discrepancies out the yin-yang before they even leave the police station. So Alex is asked, do you normally carry a gun with you? And he says, yeah, but you don't have it on your person during this. And he says, no. So he says, when we talked about Tylee having the bat and Charles taking the bat, you said there was a struggle after that. And he says, yep, I grabbed him from behind and then we went to the ground and we separated and he hit me and then I left. Okay, so there's another version. Remember, he spun me around, cracked me, my head dipped, and now they're on the ground. Lori will say they're grappling and Charles is hitting him in the head while he's on the ground. How do you hit somebody when you're grappling on the ground with a big old bat? If you're hitting somebody, it ain't gonna be that hard. So the officer or the investigator says, how come you grabbed him from behind? And Alex said, because he was in front of me and he was going after Tylee with the bat. The investigator asked, what was he doing with the bat? And Alex says, he just grabbed it from her and I jumped in. I don't know. I grabbed him from the back and we went to the ground. Alex says he didn't see him swing the bat at him. He says, we go to the ground. I get up. He hits me in the head. I don't know if it was with the bat or not. Y'all. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
The investigator says you go back to the room and you don't know where Lori and Tylee are. He says, no, we know Lori's interview. She's going to say she's in the kitchen when it happens. You go in the living room. He's in there. He still has the bat and he's focused on you lunging towards you. Alex says, I don't remember what he said, but when someone comes aggressively at you and I'm watching his body language, I'm trying to calm the situation, telling him to drop your bat. And he's like, F you coming at me with the bat. And then Alex stretches his arm out there in the interrogation room like he's aiming. The investigator says, did you ask him to leave or tell him to drop the bat? And Alex says, I just told him to drop the bat. The investigator says, did you say anything after that? And Alex says, I didn't have time. So the investigator again says, you went in the kitchen, you wash your hands, go to your room. Where did you set the gun? Alex says, on the floor. You got your phone, you call 911. When did you realize Lori had left? Did you call her? No. Let's just take a look at this timeline again. Um, Alex calls Lori at 7.52 for 49 seconds and again at 8.06 for 56 seconds. He's asked if he did CPR on him and he said, I tried. The investigator said, I thought you said you were on the phone. Did you hear them arguing about his phone? And Alex says, no. All I heard her say was, don't touch me and him coming right after her. The investigator said, you said Tyler was at your house. What happened? And this is back in like February or March. Alex says he was going insane trying to locate Lori because they had split up. He was bugging everyone in the family, blowing up their emails, phones, texts, anything he do to, to get Lori to connect with him. He was spazzing out. Tylee and I were pulling up to my house and he followed us and sped up and blocked my driveway and got out and run up real aggressively. Then Tylee got out and yelled at him for 15 minutes. He tried to leave, but Tylee wouldn't let him because she wanted to get everything out that was bothering her. The investigator said, so he didn't go after Tylee at that time. And Alex says physically he did not. So he's asked, have you spent a lot of time around Charles? He says, yeah. Is he hot headed? Alex says, not normally. Have you ever seen him like you saw him today? No. How would you describe him today? Um, very aggressive, physically aggressive, going after Lori, Tylee, and me. I was shocked. They've been together 15 years. Did they live here before? Alex says, yeah, a couple of times. Austin, Chandler, Hawaii, back here. They split up. She went to Houston for two months. The investigator said he got her a place here. Alex says yes. The investigator clearly has gotten the story from the person that's questioning Lori. She never said anything about having you come over because she didn't feel safe with him showing up. And Alex says a very loud no. Then after 15 seconds or so, Alex said she had said he threatened her in some emails and text messages that he was going to stop or destroy her. And she told me that a couple of weeks ago. The investigator said, you were not under the impression that she had you there to make sure he didn't cause an issue. And Alex says, no. The investigator asked, didn't bring the gun for that purpose? Alex says, no, I always carry it. I have my other gun in the truck. I thought we'd go to the range. My niece gave me a 380. She didn't want it anymore. So I was going to take it for my sister. She has tiny hands and I was going to let her shoot. So the investigator asked, just recreational? And Alex says, yeah, I never considered Charles to be a threat before today. So the investigator said when you grabbed him around the shoulder and went down to the ground, you didn't see him swing the bat. And Alex says, I was getting up and my head bounced. I mean, so you've got like three different versions of how he's hit with the bat. And believe me, that boo-boo on the back of his head was not big enough to make him forget how he got hit with the bat. He said, then I went straight to the room because this needed to calm down. I thought he would back down at that point, but he did not. The investigator asked if he needs medical attention, and Alex said he would like to get the cut cleaned up. So the investigator said, we will get you, Lori, and Tylee back to the house, but you can't go in because they're still processing it. And he asked how the injury on his arm happened, and Alex says, I guess somewhere in the tussle. The investigator asks, are there any strikes thrown besides you getting hit in the head? And Alex says, no, just me shoving him. The investigator said they're running a check to make sure he can carry. Alex says, I have an aggravated assault in Texas in 2007, which was for Joe Ryan. He said, but his rights have been restored. He said he never um, 
was convicted. He pled guilty and completed his probation. Why didn't they look into that 2007 aggravated assault? See, it was on husband number three. I mean, there are so many little puzzle pieces they could have put together, but they didn't. So they come get Alex and says they'll take him to where his sister is. And he gives him a bag and he leaves. So we are going to leave it there. In the next episode, we're going to do Lori and Tylee's interview and the discrepancies. I wanted Alex's story to be kind of standalone because then when we go into the other, you can digest the discrepancies yourself. And it's it, it makes me so angry to this day. I've read through this stuff a million times. Every time, it just makes me super, super mad. Poor Kay and Larry and, and Charles' sons and everybody that... um. Just uh, wasn't until these kids were missing that things came to light and they realized this is a murder and not self-defense. Uh, if you go back, you can still actually find original articles online. Says uh, self-defense shooting. So that's still out there. All right, guys, uh, you're probably going to see me in this. I ain't going to lie. I've been up since five, woke up just because of the daggum cats with their bells. Um, and I I'm too tired to change. So you're going to be seeing me tomorrow in the same outfit, but I ain't dirty. It's just going to be like 30 minutes from now that I'm recording it. All right, y'all. We'll see you soon. Have a good one. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission at us customs and border protection. We go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.